Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We are glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. They saw that he prayed with purpose. He wasn't just praying all the, you know, shooting prayers in every direction. He prayed with a specific target, a specific purpose. Number four, he prayed with faith, believing that God will hear and will answer. He prayed with authority because he knew that whenever he asked the Almighty God, whenever I asked him, God himself was going to give it to him. And then he prayed with expectation. He prayed because he knew that God was, anything he asked of God, he was expecting to receive an answer. He wasn't just praying because he felt, okay, this is what we do in church. And at the end of the day, he wasn't expecting anything. He was expecting. He prayed with expectation. He prayed with authority. He prayed with faith. He prayed with purpose. He prayed with conviction. He prayed with passion. And not only that, he prayed with assurance. He prayed with assurance because he knows. If you remember when he was standing at the grave of Lazarus, he said, Father, I thank you because you always hear me. There is that assurance at the back of his mind that yes, whenever he opens his mouth to talk to the Almighty God, God always hears. So he prayed with, he prayed with assurance. And the disciples saw this. When the disciples saw it, they said, we want to pray like this man. We want to have the same assurance like this man. We want to have the same expectations like this man. We want to have the same purpose and we say passion as this man. And because they saw all this, they said, let, you know, let me say, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, there's one quick caveat that I want to add. There are some people who look upon the prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ and they believe that, yes, I mean, he's Jesus. He should pray with power. He should pray with purpose. He should pray with expectation. He's God. He's Jesus Christ. He's God incarnate. But one thing they fail to realize is this. When Jesus was on the face of the earth, he did not fully exercise his God attribute. He walked among us just like any other man did walk. You know, they walked among us, not not uh, not displaying his his power. And that was when he was arrested. He said something. He said, "I can call legions of God. I can call the you know host of heaven to come and destroy these people. But I won't do that because that is not why I'm here." If you read the book of Hebrews, chapter four. Hebrews chapter 4, reading from verse number 15. The Bible tells us there, for it says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched by the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all point tempted as we are, yet without sin. In other words, when Jesus walked upon the face of the earth, he walked just like you and I. And his prayer was not because he was he didn't have the power in prayer because he was the son of God. He had the power in prayer because he was willing to go through the spiritual discipline of going to you know of, of praying. In other words, Jesus, when Jesus was here on earth, he grew, he went he he did not go about flaunting his spirit, uh, flaunting his divine power. He went through everything based, you know, just like you and I. And that's what the book, the book, of, uh, the book of Hebrews chapter 8, uh, sorry, Hebrews chapter 5, reading from verse 8 tells us, he said, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things he suffered. In other words, he was the son of God, but he did not, he did not uh, exercise that attribute. 
when he was working with us. The reason is because he had to be able to go through everything just like you and I, because that's why, that is the whole purpose of the salvation experience. So though he were his son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. In other words, Christ's power in prayer, where Christ's power in prayer came as, you know, when he walked upon the earth was not automatic. His ability to pray was not automatic. His ability to be able to see the supernatural move on his behalf was not automatic. Christ had to develop that ability when he was with us in the flesh. He went through the years, he went through life, through because he had to go through what is called the spiritual discipline of prayer. The Bible says sometimes he will go early in the morning, he will go to a retreat to a place to go and pray. In Luke chapter 6, from verse 12, he tells us he prayed all night. In Matthew chapter 4, the Bible told us that after he has been baptized and he came out of the water, he went into the wilderness for 40 days to fast and to pray. That is what is referred to as spiritual discipline. So the power that Jesus Christ exhibited on earth was not automatic. It came as a result also of spiritual discipline. And if Jesus needed spiritual discipline to be able to be to be able to fulfill his calling upon this earth, what about you? What about me? Okay. So we all know, you know, the whole idea is that spiritual discipline is not just reserved for a group of people. It's for everybody. If we are going to grow, if we are going to experience the mercy of God, if we are going to experience the power of God, if we are going to experience God move on our behalf, we have to engage in the spiritual discipline of prayer. And that is why we are looking at this particular topic today. So one thing we also know, you know, in order to go deeply into this word, one thing I want you to, you know, you know as, a, as, a, as a kind of introduction, I want to bring us to the fact that many of us ask the question, why do you even need to pray in the first place? I mean, God is everywhere. The Bible says God is everywhere. God knows everything. God knows your thought. God knows my thought. God knows everything. Why then do you need to talk to somebody who already knows your thought? Why do we have to pray? Why do we have to pray if God already knows everything? Why do we have to pray, you know, spend hours seeking his face in that video if God already knows? To answer that question, let's ask the question in a different form. The question the different from is that what is prayer in the first place? What is prayer? Prayer, you know, because it is when you understand what prayer is, that is what will give you an understanding why we need to pray. When you understand what prayer is, it's easier for you to understand why you need to pray. So what is prayer? Prayer is communication with God. That is the simplest way to define it. It's communication with God. It's basically talking to the Almighty God. And that's why you notice anytime we pray here, we say, open your mouth and talk to the Almighty God. In other words, prayer is communication with God. It is talking to God. If prayer is talking to God, then why then do you pray? Why then do you pray? When you understand that prayer is talking to God, you will now notice that the original meaning of the of the, 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 the meaning of the original question that we ask, why do we need to pray? Takes every, you know, it takes up a different meaning. And the question becomes, why do you need to talk to God? Okay? Why do you need to talk to God? And your response to the question of why you need to talk to God depends on two things. Number one, do you have a relationship with Him or not? Because if you don't have a relationship with God, you don't have any reason to talk to Him. I mean, why do you have to talk to somebody you don't know? You get the idea? When you don't have a relationship with God, there is no reason for you to talk to Him. There is no reason for you to pray because you don't know Him. It is very difficult for me to walk up, on, to walk up to somebody strange on the road, somebody I don't know on the road, and start having a conversation with that person. No. The only reason I would do that is because if I want direction and I want help from that person. And the same thing. The only time somebody who has no relationship with God will talk to God is when that person is asking for forgiveness of sin or to have a relationship with him based on the finished work of Christ on the, on the, on the cross of Calvary. 
When that person wants to be born again, that's when that person prays. But when you don't have a relationship with God, you have no reason to talk to him. You have no reason to have any to have any, any conversation with him. But when you are born again, when you are a child of God, when you have had a relationship with the Almighty God, the question is, why don't you talk to him? The question is, why are you not talking to him? You understand the idea? If I have a relationship with my wife, I have a relationship with my daughter, I have a relationship with my friend, I have a relationship with people around me, the question is, why am I talking to them? The, the question is not, why am I talking to them? The question should be, why are you not talking to them? Because it doesn't make sense if you say you have a relationship with somebody and you're not talking to that person. It doesn't make sense if you say you have a relationship with somebody and you are not, you know, you are not spending time, you are not engaging that person. So the issue of why do we have to pray is a function of whether you have a relationship with God or you don't have a relationship with God. Because if you do have a relationship with God, the question is not why should I pray? The question is why should I not pray? Okay? So why do we pray? Why do we talk to people we have a relationship with? Why do we talk to God? Okay? How do you go about, you know, how do you get to know somebody? How do you get to know somebody if you don't talk to that person? How do you get to develop a relationship with that person if you don't get to talk to that person? How do you get to build a fellowship with that person and grow deeper in your work with that person if you don't talk to that person? And the avenue that we have to talk to God is through prayer. And that's why Christians pray. So we pray because we have a relationship with God. That is the thing. We pray because we want to deepen our relationship with God. We pray because we want to have fellowship with the Almighty God. We pray because we want to hear Him talk to us. Okay? We want God to talk to us. That's why we pray. We pray because we want to commune with Him. We pray because we have, you know, we want to fellowship with Him. We pray because we want to enjoy His company. That's why we pray. Well, if you look at, just picture your friend. Why do you talk to your friend? Why do you spend time with your friend? Is it not because just to enjoy their company, just to know what they are thinking, just to hear them talk to you, just to bounce ideas from them, just to think, you know, talk about what is going on in their life? It's just to be able to enjoy and have communion and have fellowship. That's why you talk to your friend. The same way, that's why you talk to God. Because you want to have fellowship with Him. Because you want to deepen your relationship. Because you want to enjoy His company. Because you want to hear His opinion. Because you want to hear from Him. Because you want, you to, you want Him to tell you your, His plans and His purpose for your life. That is why you talk to God. Prayer is essential if we intend to grow in our relationship with the Almighty God. Prayer is, is, is very, very essential if we want to grow our relationship with the Lord God Almighty. The question is, what are the kind of prayers that are out there? What are the kind of prayers that we have? We have different kind of prayers that are out there. The first one that most people are very, most people are very familiar with, even when they pray, is the prayer of request. Lord, give me this. Lord, give me that. Lord, give me that. It's a, it's a standard kind of prayer. Everybody prays it. God, give me something. But there's also, apart from the prayer of request, there is also the prayer of intercession. Where you are not asking for yourself, you are asking for other people. You are saying, Lord, touch the life of this individual. Bless this particular person. Provide for this particular person. You are no longer the center of attraction. You are no longer the center of attention. You are now bringing somebody else into the presence of the Almighty God. And you are interceding on their behalf. It's just like when you are talking to a friend. And you are telling them, you know my, my friend Jane. And, and, and I don't want you to do anything for me. Now I'm, not, I'm asking something for my friend Jane. You are bringing your friend into the presence of the Almighty God. And asking God to do something for that 
person. That is the prayer of intercession. Then you have what is called the prayer of petition. Then you have the prayer of praise. When you come into the presence of the Almighty God and all you do is just say, I thank you. I bless your name. I worship you. When you just give him praise for who he is. Then you have the prayer of thanksgiving. When you just thank him for all the blessings that you enjoy. You have the prayer of supplication. Then you have the prayer of agreement. You have the prayer of a deliverance. You have all sorts of prayer that are out there. The idea is that to be able to know what kind of prayer to pray when you have a particular kind of need. The same, you cannot pray the same prayer for every kind of occasion. There are different occasions that require different kinds of prayer. And if we understand the different kinds of prayer, we'll be able to pray them at the right time. Now the question is, when do you pray? When do we pray? The Bible tells us in the book of Luke chapter 18. Luke 18, reading from verse number 1. The Bible says, He speak a parable unto them. And the speak a parable unto them to this end. That men ought always to pray and not to faint. Men ought always to pray and not to pray, faint. So when, when is the best time to pray? You pray, number one, the very best time to pray, like the Bible says, is always. And by always, it means that it doesn't mean you're just going about the whole day, not doing anything but praying. But it means that any time you have the, you know, any time your attention is drawn to a particular issue, you can send the praise to the Almighty God. You can send the thanksgiving to the, to the, to the heavenlies. It's always, you have the consciousness of God in your life. The consciousness of your God, uh, of the consciousness of God in your life every minute of the day. That is the attitude of prayer. So you pray, you pray every time you remember the Almighty God. You pray early in the morning. You pray late at night. You pray when you can focus on the Almighty God. You pray when your heart wants to sing praise to the Almighty God, you pray basically every moment of you know every minute of the day. In other words, you maintain an attitude of prayer every day, so that when you come into any situation or you encounter any kind of any condition, you are able to remember God and place God in that particular situation. So that's when the Bible that's what the Bible is referring to. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. In other words, have that attitude of prayer that remembers and applies everything and give God praise in every situation. Okay. So how then do we pray? How then do we pray? Because that is one of the biggest challenges. How then do we pray? We pray by praying. It might appear as if a little bit cheesy, but that is the 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 the, the, the base the, the the basic idea is that you can study all the books on prayer and you still not know how to pray. You can listen to me talk about prayer from now till kingdom come and it will still not teach you how to pray. The only way a man knows how to pray is to begin to pray. Okay? How do you ride the bicycle? You don't ride the bicycle by watching a video. You ride the bicycle by getting on a bicycle and actually driving one, and actually riding one. How do you lose weight? You don't lose weight by just watching television. You lose weight by actually going to the gym and actually being, you know, going on the treadmill and going on all the cardio and doing what you need to do to be able to lose. So the idea is to pray, to learn how to pray, you have to start the prayer. But number two, we also pray with songs. We also pray by singing. When you take a particular song that exalts the name of the Almighty God or expresses the deeper feelings of your heart, you sing it back to the Almighty God. And before you know what's happening, your spirit is caught up in that song and you begin to speak to the Almighty God. So we pray number one by praying. We pray number two by singing. We pray number three by the word of God, by reading the word of the Almighty God. There are times when you open the scriptures and that's why you see most of the time before we start a service, we will read from the Psalms because the Psalms is like a prayer book. 
you open the book of Psalm and you see the prayer of David there. If you read that particular word and you just read the word back to the Almighty God, it lifts your spirit into prayer. So you pray number one by praying, you pray number two with the songs, you pray number three with the word, you pray number four by praying the promises of the Almighty God. The Bible says, I know the talk that I think towards you that the thought of good and not of evil to give you an expected end. You take that particular promise and you say, Lord, this is what you said concerning me. And you say that word back to the Almighty God. The Bible says, those who call upon the name of the Lord shall not be put to shame. You say, Lord God Almighty, I am calling upon your name based on your word. Let, let me not be put to shame. So in other words, you take the promise of God and say it back to him. And that is what is called pray, that, that is praying the promises of God. You also pray in the spirit. Prayer in the spirit is the one where you pray. The Bible says that we do not know how to pray. But the spirit of God prays through us with words that cannot be, with, 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 with uttering. With words that cannot be uttered. In other words, we grow in that that cannot be uttered in words. In other words, you begin to pray in a language that you don't even understand. So we pray in the spirit, and that takes us higher to a new level. We also pray with fellow believers. That's what we do here every morning when the service is about to start. We pray with other believers. That's what's called corporate prayer. Because what happens is the Bible says that iron sharpens iron. In other words, when you are down, somebody is not as you know, somebody's not as uh is not in the same condition that you find yourself. When the two of you start praying, you will see that the fire of the spirit will be kindled and when that fire of the spirit is kindled your spirit is lifted up and you are also able to pray you will notice that when you are only when you are in your own house and you are and you are feeling down it is very difficult to pray but when you come to church and you are feeling down and you see the next person praising god in your presence you see the next person singing praise to the almighty god what you will find is that your spirit is lifted up and as your spirit is lifted up what happened you too begins to start praying so we pray by praying we pray with the songs of god we pray with the word of God. We pray with the promises of God. We pray with the spirit of God. We pray with other believers. That is how you move on. And you and the thing is that as you begin to pray all those kinds of prayer, praying the word of God, praying the promise of God, and using the spirit of God to pray, what you will find is that the prayer, you know, you begin to build your relationship with the almighty God because that is the benefit of prayer. The benefit of prayer is that it builds your relationship with God. The more closer you are to him, the more he draws close to you. And that's what the Bible says. The Bible says, draw near to me and I will draw near unto you. In other words, as you come closer to me in prayer, I will open up the heavens unto you and I'll begin to reveal unto you things that you do not do. So, benefit of prayer is that it draws us closer to the Almighty God. It builds our relationship with God. It deepens our work with the Almighty God because God begins to tell you the things that you do not know. It begins to open your eyes and you begin to see revelations of things that you have no idea of. So, the Lord begins to deepen our work with Him as we pray. It strengthens our fellowship with Him as we pray. And it, you know, and it grants us audience. He grants us audience when we begin to pray. Because as soon as you start talking, he knows that you are calling and he gives you audience. Everyone is attentive unto you as you begin to pray. But one of the greatest, the, one of the greatest uh, benefits of prayer is found in the book of uh, Psalm 65. In Psalm 65, reading from verse number 2. The Bible tells us there. It says, all that, all thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. In other words, the benefit of prayer is that God hears and answers prayer. And that is why you notice anytime we pray, we first of all say, Father, we thank you because you hear and you answer prayer. It is because of answered prayer that many of us are still alive today. It is because of answered prayer that this door is still open. It is because of answered prayer that many of us have not been consumed by the workers of, by the workers of iniquity. The answer to prayer is one of the benefits of prayer. It's one of the motivation of prayer. It's one of the reasons why we call upon him. Why we call upon him? Because if there is no answer to prayer, why should you pray? If God is not going to answer, why waste your time? 
If you are talking to somebody and that person does not respond, what is the benefit of talking to that person? So, the, the greatest benefit of prayer is because of answer prayer. And that is why the psalmist says, Oh, thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. And I pray that as we come unto him today, the testimony and the, 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 the benefit of answer prayer, we will begin to see it in our life in Jesus' name. So, seeing the benefit of prayer, seeing that there are benefits of prayer, the question is, why don't we pray? That's the question. Why don't we pray? Why is it very difficult for Christians to pray? Why is it very difficult for believers to go to the presence of the Almighty God and just talk to the Almighty God? We can understand it if people are if people who are outside are not praying. We can understand it if, if non-believers are praying. They are not praying. We can understand it if people who have no relationship with God are not talking to God. But those of us who claim to have relationship with God, if we are not talking to God, then there is a problem. Why? Why is it that there is no there is, why is it that we find difficult we find it difficult to pray? We will not pray number one, like I've said it before, people will not pray. We will not pray as an individual if we have no relationship with God because it doesn't make sense. Why should you talk to a person you don't know? But apart from that, we will not pray if we have unconfessed sins. If you have unconfessed sins, you will not pray. Just look at a relationship between two individuals. If you have offended somebody, offended your friend, offended your, your, your members of your family, it is very difficult for you to have a conversation with that person when that offense is still there. Okay? When you have angered somebody, or you have made somebody mad, or you have disappointed somebody, or you have done something that that person is not happy with, it is very difficult for you to sit right next to that person and have a jolly conversation with that person. So, when there is unconfessed sins, it is difficult to pray. We will not pray when we harbor unforgiveness. When we refuse to forgive, when we refuse to forgive individuals, it will be very difficult for you to pray. Because if you are holding a grudge against somebody and you want to sit and have a conversation with that person, it is extremely difficult to have that kind of conversation. The same thing, if you have somebody in your mind and you go to the Lord and say, God, tell, you know, God, do this for me. If there's something inside of you that tells you how you ask, how can you talk to God when you are still having this in your mind? You remember when Jesus Christ was teaching them how to pray? He said, forgive us our sin as we forgive those who forgive who sins against us. In other words, one of the conditions for approaching the presence of the Almighty God is that you have cleansed, you are forgiving the people who have done something against you so we will not pray we cannot pray we will not pray if we harbor unforgiveness number three we will not pray if we do not expect an answer you will not pray if you do not expect an answer if you are talking to god and you do not expect god to answer your god to be you know answer your prayers why would you want to pray so we will not pray or people do not pray because they do not expect they are not expecting an answer we will not pray if we do not sense god nearby there are times when you feel the spirit of heaviness. When you find that there's heaviness around you, when you find that, that things are not going the direction you expect it to go, when you find that God is very distant, the motivation to pray is not there. So we will not pray when we do not sense God nearby. We will not pray if we think we can do it by ourselves. Why would you ask for help if you can do it by yourself? Okay? Why would you ask God somebody to give you something when you, when you don't need that thing? When you think that you already have everything that you need? So, many of us are not praying because we think that we are self-sufficient. Most people are not praying because they think they can do it by themselves. In the arm of the flesh, the Bible says, shall no man prevail. When you think you are self-sufficient, prayer goes out of the door. You are, you, many of us will not pray, or most people will not pray, if we do not see the greatness of our God. 
if you don't believe that God is great or God is big enough to do what you are asking him for, why would you pray? I mean, why would I be asking somebody who does not have a million dollars? Why would I be asking them for a million dollars? I wouldn't even, even, it do not even come up in a conversation because I know they don't have it. But if I know that the person has the capacity to give me a million dollars without question, then I have the ability to, I have no problem asking that person for it. If we do not believe that our God is great, if we do not believe that our God is mighty, if we do not believe in the greatness and the majesty of the Almighty God, we will not go to Him to ask for anything. So prayers will be difficult when we do not see the greatness of the Almighty God. And like every discipline, like every discipline that we go through, one of the things we'll find is that the discipline of prayer is hard work. Prayer is hard work. Hard work because it is not a natural tendency for us. It is not the natural thing for us to do. Our natural thing is for us to sit down and just relax. But for us to be able to engage in prayer... To intentionally engage in prayer is difficult. And that's one of the reasons, if you look at one of any time we introduce the church, we say, where we live life intentionally. In other words, we do not do the things that are just convenient. We do the things that must be done in order for us to move forward. So, like every discipline, the discipline of prayer is hard work. And it requires, number one, for you to be able to move forward with the discipline of prayer, you have to do it. You have to do it. For us to be able to benefit from prayer, we have to pray. And one of the things you must understand is that the benefit of prayer is that the more you do it, the better you become. The more you pray, the better you become. The more you pray, the better you become. You see that God begins you, you be, God begins to open your horizon. It begins to expand your ability to pray and your grace in prayer. And before you know what's happening, initially you were able to do only a minute. Then you can do two. Then you can do five. Then you can do ten. Then you can do twenty minutes. And before you know it, you are spending thirty minutes on your knees praying to the Almighty God. It gets better with doing. Number three, it will be challenged. When you go into the discipline of prayer, you are going to be challenged. Challenge in the sense that there will be time constraint. There will be busyness. There will be distraction. The enemy will begin to harass you. You will begin to find that your mind is wandering as you are trying to concentrate on prayer. Your mind is thinking a hundred million things at the same time when you are praying. And because you get so frustrated that you get up and you go. It is because the enemy will challenge your ability to stay focused in prayer. And then you also saw that you will find that the results of prayer are initially very slow. The result of prayers are initially very slow. slow. Slow in the sense that as you begin to build the momentum, if you are not patient with the Almighty God, you will give up before you see the results. So the discipline of prayer sometimes is slow initially. And like I said, it encounters opposition. It will invite challenge from hell. But one thing that we have is the assurance is that it will give you, there was also going to be support from heaven to be able to help you pray. And that's why the Bible says that he gives us the spirit that helps our infirmities. Helping us to be able to pray in the spirit. So, the discipline of prayer is a very difficult one. But the Lord God Almighty has provided help for us. Now, in closing, let me share with you some of the characters of any man who wants to be able to pray and pray effectively. To be able to pray and pray effectively. This is the character of the individual that has to be prayed with, that, that will be able to pray and prevail in prayer. The first thing is that that individual must have peace with God. That individual must have peace with God. It's just like when you have a relationship with somebody. For you to continue to enjoy a cordial, friendly communication with somebody that you know, you must have peace with that person. 
There must be that relationship that is not, that is, there, will be, there must be no strife in that relationship. With God, the person must be born again if you are going to prevail in prayer. There has to be peace with God. Number two, there has to be a man of purity. There has to be purity with the Almighty God. In other words, any sin, any unconfessed sins must be confessed. Anything that would not allow God to be able to look at you must be taken away. The Bible says that the eyes of the Almighty God is so pure that it cannot behold iniquity. Any sin, conscious sins in our life, we need to get away from them if we want to be able to pray effectively. And then the, that person also must not just be a man of peace. They must not, it's not just a peace with God. It's not just purity, but also power of the Spirit of the Almighty God. Because at one point in time, you will get to a point where what you are saying, you get tired of speaking in a certain way. When you are exhausted yourself, there is nothing else to say again in prayer. And that's why you see people begin to repeat themselves, repeat themselves. But when you are filled with the power of the Spirit of the Almighty God, you can go on for hours because the Spirit of the Almighty God begins to bring to your spirit what you need to pray. Begins to open your mind to the things that you need to pray. So a man who will pray effectively must be a man with, who has peace with God. A man who has a man of purity. A man with the power of the Spirit of God and a man of purpose. In other words, what is the reason of your prayer? Why are you praying? Why are you on your knees talking to the Almighty God? There has to be a purpose in your prayer if you are going to prevail in prayer. Number five, there has to be perseverance in prayer. You remember I said a few minutes ago that the results of prayer are a little bit slow initially. But as you continue to build that momentum, you will now see God open up the windows of heaven and begin to visit with you. So you must be a person of perseverance. It must be a man of perseverance. Number five, number six, it must be a man of patience. In other words, when you go into the presence of the Almighty God, you do not go in a hurry. You do not live in a hurry. You do not talk in a hurry. You don't do anything in a hurry in the, Almighty, in the presence of the Almighty God. You stay in His presence and you are patient in His presence. And the man who will prevail in prayer must be a man of patience. He must be a man of perseverance. He must be a man of purpose. He must be a man filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. He must be a man of purity and he must be a man of peace with the Almighty God. And finally, he must be also a man